Hi, and welcome to the NCC More podcast. This is a time where we come around the table and we continue the conversation that we started on Sunday, try to add a little bit more value to the talk. And um, as you can see, we have Pastor Clarissa and Pastor Scott at the table, or I guess if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're hearing this and they're, you're going to hear their voices here in a second. <laughs> Um, that's because Pastor Philip is in Asia yeah. this week. So that's, that's right. really cool. It is cool. Uh, we're pumped about it. But uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, just kind of continue the conversation um, uh, that we started on Sunday. Uh, right now we're in this series, Morning Joy, mm-hmm. um, which Clarissa, I'm sure, was a little bit hard for you this Sunday because I see you're wearing a cowboy shirt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lord help us. Oh my goodness. There is no joy um, in uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, so but no, I'm I'm kidding. But so we're going to talk about it. And the whole concept of this uh, series is uh, that to uh, that we're learning to live joy every morning, to awaken joy, and really live with joy every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our theme, our theme text, our scripture uh, is uh, out of Philippians chapter four and verse four. And it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And, and this Sunday, uh, we, we were out of Philippians chapter three and verse one. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And so we kind of, we kind of focused around like like this, we don't rejoice in our circumstance. Mm-hmm. We rejoice in the Lord, because yeah. uh, of course Paul was writing this, and it's not really, you know, jail's not something to be happy about. Yeah. Like no one gets excited to right. go to jail. Yeah. I mean, whether you're playing Monopoly or you know oh, real life, gosh. you know, there's yeah. nothing exciting about jail. But we can rejoice no matter what our circumstance. We right. can rejoice in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we broke that down into knowing a couple things. The first thing is knowing the person of Jesus, Mm. knowing him as Savior and knowing him as Lord and knowing him as friend. And right now, because both of y'all have uh, been pastors for uh, a a little bit now, um, a couple years, a few years, (laughs) many years. A handful. (laughs) Yeah, a handful. (laughs) I want to talk about the difference um, that of Jesus being Savior being Lord and being our friend mm-hmm. and how those three different roles are vital in our lives and how those play out uh, in application in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Pastor Scott? Well, I would take the first one and say Jesus as Savior, for me, always includes the word rescue. Mm. And some mm. people are uncomfortable with that word, but we have to admit, first of all, that we need to be rescued. Right. The worst thing a drowning person can do is live in denial that they don't need to be rescued because yeah. yes. mm. they never would be. And so admitting our, our own need of him, whether it's our sinfulness or our bad habits or our lostness, knowing him as Savior is knowing him as the one who has rescued me yeah. Uh, yeah. from my sins, from myself. And as Pastor Philip said uh, in the sermon, uh, rescuing us from an eternal separation from mm-hmm. God, which, yeah. which is what the Bible you know, calls that, that terrible word hell, mm-hmm. is just eternal separation from God. So mm-hmm. as a Savior... He, he rescues me. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's talk about uh, how about and of course there is that that moment of accepting Jesus as your Savior. Uh, but Clarissa, why, why don't you kind of add a little bit uh, to that about how does Jesus play the role as Savior in our day to day, and our week to week, and our month to month, and our season to season? Yeah, I you think know? Uh, Philip talked about 
him not just rescuing us from our, uh, you know, internal damnation or whatever you would say, but that he rescues us from the ways of sin. Mm. And I think that's what I think about when I think about Jesus being my savior now, yeah. you know, working out my salvation with fear and trembling. Every day, Jesus is helping save me from myself, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He's helping me um, say no to my flesh. He's helping me see things differently. He's helping rescue me from rescue me from things that I would do without him. Mm -hmm. um, if I just take my eyes off of him for a second, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll find myself slipping back into old behaviors and old ways of thinking. And so just remembering that it's not a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, now I, I get to go to heaven, but, but in every day, Jesus wants to bring a little bit more of heaven into me. Mm -hmm. And that's what it looks like for him to continue to save me mm -hmm. uh, from myself and from my sin, I think. And I think that kind of bleeds over into Jesus also being Lord of our life yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With Pastor Scott, you want to talk a little bit about the difference between Savior and Lord? Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a little older than the group here, but my generation uh, didn't seem to object to the word authority. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear the word authority yeah. and we kind of bristle to that word. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I grew up with parents who considered themselves authorities in my life. My dad was in the military, so we knew all about authority. And for me, that's what knowing Jesus as Lord means that from the time you wake up in the morning, well, even when you're sleeping, but you 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 consider him the authority in your life, mm. whatever's happening in your yes. life. He's the final word, whether it's in the scripture or whether it's the word he has brought to life in your heart. Mm. He is the authority in your yes. life. And so here at North Point, we consider the scriptures the authoritative word of God. Mm -hmm. And for me, knowing him as Lord, of course, it it, it involves ultimately submission. Yes. That's another word we're not crazy about in our American culture. Yeah. Uh, the word submission and, and seeing him as authority mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. in our lives. That's what it means for me. Uh, and Pastor Philip did such a marvelous job of talking about what it means for him to be your Lord. Mm -hmm. I think he used the word master at one point. Mm -hmm. That's a great mm -hmm. word mm -hmm. um, for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Do you want to add on to that, Clarissa? No, I just think I love I love that he talked about that on Sunday because I think it's also very challenging because of our culture. We mm -hmm. don't live in a, you know, kingdom, if you mm -hmm. will. But if we, uh, so I think that's why people push back against that. There's something about mm -hmm. that. Okay, Jesus, you can save me, but then don't tell me what to do. You mm -hmm. know, like I yeah. want to be the one telling myself what to do. Um, but when I think about Jesus being my Lord, I think about him being my king. I think about myself being a part of something new. Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm in a kingdom, mm -hmm. and I'm not the king. He's the king. And so what he says goes. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, but I do think that we do struggle with that in our mm -hmm. American culture, this yeah. concept of a Lord, mm -hmm. you know, of a king, of a master. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, here, let's talk about this for a second. So obviously Jesus is Lord, and it's easy to apply that to behavior. You know, you're reading scripture, yeah. and you see Jesus is teaching, and you know, whether it's anything from judgment to impurity to faithlessness or, mm. or whatever, mm -hmm. you can see where he's speaking to behavioral things. Uh, but what about whenever Jesus addresses our perspective of God? Uh, do you think sometimes it's challenging for him to be Lord over our perspective of of him, God the Father, the Holy Spirit. Like, like for example, some people, depending on their tradition, can think that mm. God is a very burrow, uh, has a burrowed brow and like a, uh, an angry face at them and mm -hmm. is always disappointed in them and right. always is, you know, just looking, you know, waiting for you to mess up so he can, you know, strike you over the head from heaven or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, is it challenging sometimes mm. to allow Jesus to be Lord over our perspective? 
as well. I, absolutely. Just today, I had lunch with an old friend, and we were talking about church and churches and denominations and all of that, and I won't tell you where he goes to church, but in his church is a man that must be in his late 60s who who went to prison for murder. Mm-hmm. Now, the circumstances didn't keep him in prison for decades. I think he was in prison 16 or maybe 20 years at the most. But he got out, paid his debt to society, and he attends their church. Mm. And this guy told me, David told me, that there are still people in his church who will walk to the other side of the church or the building on a different sidewalk so they don't have to speak to this guy. Mm. And, and in my what I would say is God is not, they're not allowing God to be the Lord of their perspective or their attitude at that right. time mm-hmm. and their heart wow. uh, about that man. Yeah. He, he's the, the exact kind of person that God wants in the church and walking mm-hmm. around with other Christians. Mm-hmm. But if we're not willing to walk around with someone like that, then Jesus is not the Lord of my heart and my attitude. I yeah. think that's what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's okay. Yeah. That's that's so good. So Jesus is, we, we have to know Jesus as Savior. We have to know him as Lord. Mm-hmm. And we also have to know him as friend. Clarissa, mm-hmm. what does it look like in your daily life for Jesus to be your friend? Oh, that's my favorite point from Sunday. Uh, I wrote a song about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll sing it. Are you going to sing it? No, not right now. Okay. <laughs> um, but that is, it's, uh, man, when that I realized that Jesus wasn't just my Savior and my Lord and he was my friend, it, it changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the verses that I always think about when I think about Jesus being my friend is it's, David wrote, you know, something about the Lord being the shade on my right hand. Mm. And so when I think of Jesus being my friend, I always, I literally used to do this. I used to kind of just, in the busyness of my day, I would just kind of close my hand. And it was kind of a, this reassuring thing of, Jesus, you're right here. Mm. You're with me. You're, you're right here. Um, Jesus being my friend changes everything. That means that he understands me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we sang that a song on Sunday that said something like that. He yeah. you understand me. And I think it's so powerful because that's what we want. Mm-hmm. We we know he's our savior. A lot of people don't have a trouble understanding that, that he's their Lord. But when you get into he, you're my friend, it's like, oh, I don't know. Do you know me, Jesus? Do you mm-hmm. know all the stuff? And I don't know if you really <laughs> want to be involved with me. And really, um, in our group, you know, we have a discussion group and we talked about this. And that was the point that so many people had issues with mm-hmm. they it, it hit them so hard jesus he's my friend they got the first two it was no brainer yeah but the fact that he could be my friend that i could talk to him about anything that he's really there for me in the middle of the night yeah all of those things it just opened up their eyes um to a whole new facet in mm-hmm. their, their relationship with jesus so mm-hmm. yeah i think it i think it brings jesus closer yeah. than, than I might be comfortable with because Savior and Lord are such religious terms. Right. Mm-hmm. And the word friend is somebody who who sits with me and maybe refuses to leave when I you know, when right. I think the conversation's over and they right. might stay and go, Well, what do you mean by that, Scott? Or mm-hmm. are you telling me this? Or I'm not sure this makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. a friend who's gonna listen right. aggressively and with energy and they're going to stay there maybe even when you think the conversation's over mm-hmm. and they're going to maybe ask you the important questions um, <laughs> yes. i think the word friend brings him close in a different way mm-hmm. how, yeah. how do you move from because like savior and lord especially if you grew up in some kind of religious mm. atmosphere right. some kind of church those are terms that you know are easily held on to and easily placed on a shelf but how how do we move from there to jesus also being my friend what do you implement into your life? What do you what do you do? What do you practice in your day in day out? I think my first answer would be uh, hanging around with other Christian, mm. uh, solid Christians who who you can tell are 
are maybe a little more mature than you are mm -hmm. and making them your friends you start to learn what it's mm -hmm. like uh, for Jesus to be your friend because mm -hmm. they can represent him in that relationship. And if they will take that seriously with you, then I think you make progress. It might not be the progress you bargained for <laughs> or you were asking for at first, but eventually if your heart is soft enough and humble enough, um, Jesus will draw nearer to you as friend through that person. Mm -hmm. and, I, and just humility, you just have to... Uh, Clarissa mentioned that you have to set aside, you know, yourself um, enough, long enough uh, to let him get that close. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. um, sacrifice and humility, submission, yeah. those things, I think. Mm -hmm. How, Clarissa, for you, what does that look like in that process of going from Jesus as Savior and Lord to Jesus as my friend? Mm -hmm. um, I was just thinking while y'all were talking, I think for me, I'm kind of tracing back my journey it, for me it started when I really d dived into the book of John mm -hmm. it's still a book that when I feel like Jesus isn't as close to me or I'm not as close to him or whatever I will go back to the book of John and read it mm -hmm. because I feel like something about the way John wrote that that book it, it gives us insight into Jesus being your friend mm -hmm. it gives mm -hmm. us insight into what it's like to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and so for me Something about reading the book of John really ignited. That's what one of the things our, our pastor our, told us when we first got saved. Read the book of John. Get to know Jesus. And I was like, oh, okay. And, I mean, immediately I was like, oh, like, I get it. Like, he, he walks with me. Mm -hmm. He corrects me. He talks to me. He's, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I still do that for myself. I'm like, man, I'm just not feeling like we're as close as we, we, we have been. And I read the book of John again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but it just reignites that, wow. that friendship mm -hmm. that we have together. So. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So we talked about if we want to live a life of joy, we have to, and we want to rejoice always in the Lord. Mm -hmm. We have to first off know who Jesus is mm. to us. Yes. Then we also talked about how, well, know the person. Then yeah. we talked about we have to know the promises, uh, which, uh, you know, on Sunday we, you know, he we rattled through so many promises that the, yes. that the Scripture, you know, that God promises to us. Um, how do we, how do we fight for, how do we fight to believe in the promises when our circumstances are so, say the, say the, furthest thing from them say mm -hmm. the complete opposite mm -hmm. you know how, how, how do we get how do we maintain that place of to believe, belief? to believe in those promises mm -hmm. mm. well diligence uh, and, and again that humility reminds you that God didn't create you to just simply be happy you know mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. Pastor Philip said two weeks ago uh, God didn't create you for ease and comfort. He created you for mission and purpose. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, that's kind of a master's degree level for Christianity, but you have to move in that direction yes. um, uh, to realize that because that's harder. And then the promises, the promises start to appear deeper. The meaning changes. Like the promises are not there to make sure I'm not unhappy. They're not there to make sure I'm happy or or pleased or cheerful. Mm. They're there for much deeper reasons. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so even the even the way you define and understand the promises mm -hmm. starts to change at a much deeper level. I think be becoming a parent does that to you. When you have children, boy, you know, the peace that passes all understanding. If you have a teenager out That's on a Friday true. night, That's you have a whole other definition of peace. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, when you're 15, <laughs> peace means you made a, a C-plus on your algebra test maybe. But right. 
boy, those promises uh, begin to to be more understandable. You, you understand them at a deeper level, mm. I think. So diligence mm -hmm. and consistency, again, being surrounded by the body of Christ so that you hear the promises from different people yes. and testimonies of how those promises have supported other people mm -hmm. um, can make you go, you know, if it works for that person, I'll bet God is faithful mm -hmm. in this part of my life. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. sometimes they are hard to, to believe in if, if things aren't going the way you thought God would work it out. Mm -hmm. right. um, mm -hmm. It's not easy. Yeah, for sure. Clarissa, you want to add to that? Man, I was just listening to Pastor Scott. Uh, <laughs> I think it goes back to knowing the person, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm in a, in a circumstance, especially if it came out of left field and I wasn't ready for it, I always go back to who, who is God? Mm -hmm. You know, do I believe that he is who mm -hmm. he says he is? Do I believe that he says he can do what he says? You know, like, I have, that's where I go mm -hmm. when all heck seems to be breaking loose. Mm -hmm. And also, I think Philip talked about it a little bit, is just getting our eyes off of here and now and mm -hmm. looking past all mm -hmm. of it to eternity. Yeah. I think that's what helps me the most in yeah. those situations and those circumstances mm -hmm. is that this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And one day I'll see Jesus face to face and I won't even, you know, I, I know that sounds like a religious answer, but that's how I live. That's mm -hmm. how I keep moving forward through the hard times mm -hmm. is just focusing on eternity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then it just puts everything in perspective for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about something really practical about knowing the promise. Okay. You know, because a lot of people are, are new to this following Jesus thing or, mm -hmm. or really, you know, really diving in and leaning into this relationship with God. Yeah. How how do you go finding the promises? Because it, the Bible's a big book. There's yeah. a lot yeah. in it. You can easily get lost in like the book of Leviticus, you know, <laughs> looking for promises. <laughs> I mean, but let's be real. How do you find <laughs> promises in the scripture? You mean if you're just starting from scratch? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, the practical way is to, to find, gosh, online now, you know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, oh, there are all kinds of resources. You can just look up the word promise. You know, how many times is it used in the Bible? There's some very mm. practical and easy yes. ways. Mm -hmm. um, and words um, like the word promise, uh, assurance, or other things, uh, mm -hmm. and just start to seek out those verses. And, and the, the stories that people might vaguely remember from Sunday school, or maybe they've heard about stories, find those stories in yeah. the Bible and read them and listen to, to when God is making promises, even Old Testament promises, New mm -hmm. Testament promises. Mm -hmm. um, because when God says in so many words, I promise you, you know, like Clarissa said, think of the person who's promising you yeah. that. A promise mm -hmm. is only as good as the person who gives you. Right. Mm -hmm. And there you are with, mm -hmm. you know, God, the God of the universe mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. a promise. You can go find them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think there's resources out there that are pretty easy to find for anybody who, mm -hmm. who can mm -hmm. get on the internet. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Clarissa, you want to add to that? Same thing. I mean, yeah. just I mean, there's so many books now. Yeah, you can find yeah. books about the promises of God, and just people have already searched through the Bible for you and listed <laughs> them out. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, in our day and age, man, there's just so many ways, easy ways to get your hands on things like that. Mm -hmm. um, like and, I was saying, the importance of being with Christians and around, especially more mature Christians, is so that we don't understand the promises at a, a very, very shallow level. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I guess the word peace is a good example. When God promises us peace, He's not promising us, he's not promising us a lack of suffering. He's right. not promising us 
um, you know, cheerfulness. He's promising us that he will be with us. Mm-hmm. And even in the crisis, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that we'll be able to find that peace. Mm-hmm. And so I do, I do worry sometimes, uh, especially with newer Christians, that and because there's been so much uh, emphasis on the promises in our culture at a shallow right. level for the last 30, 40 years of my life, I really want young Christians to understand what those promises mean yeah. at mm. a deeper level mm-hmm. when they find them. So being around a church, a healthy church like North Point, and being around mature Christians helps you get a perspective on those promises when mm-hmm. you find them. Can you give an example of that what you, when you say understand those promises at a deeper level? Can you give, can you give an example of um, one of those? Well, of course, the, the example of b- believing them on a shallow level are, are the uh, what we have called now for some years the name it and claim it theology, that if I just believe that God's going to give me a new Cadillac, it'll show up. And I know that's a silly example, but, but that's not what the promises of God say. He, it does say he wants to bless us, mm-hmm. but he, sometimes he wants to bless us with suffering, by the way. The Bible's clear about that in sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Um, I think the promises at a deeper level, um, you know, God promises us abundant life. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a good example. Yeah. Well, that might include suffering. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. it sh- and it will include, if you take it seriously, your walk with Christ, it will include suffering because we share that with Christ and he intends to make us holy. And if there's one thing that will cause struggle and pain and suffering, it's the desire to be like Christ because mm-hmm. he has to change us. So the promise that we would have abundant life at a deeper level um, is much more difficult uh, than at a very shallow level. Mm-hmm. Um, so true. Yeah. Mm. Cl- do you want to add anything into that? No, I agree. Yeah. I just think of when you said the abundant life, for instance, because that's one. That's something we say a lot here. Mm-hmm. That God didn't just, you know, Jesus didn't die so we could have eternal life, but abundant life. And um, one of the things that I know I have to help people who are new to the faith with is. You know, I always tell them the abundant life isn't the American dream, mm. you know, because that's what we have equated it with. Yeah, if a, I start following said. Jesus, I'll get all of this stuff. Because we listen to it with American ears sometimes. Right, because of our culture, because yeah. of all the things that, um, and so helping, and I think what Pastor Scott was saying is so key, getting new believers and mature believers, old believers, everybody into community mm-hmm. helps us to flesh those things out with each other, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, reading our Bible. Mm-hmm. If you if you do go back and you read, even just read the New Testament and you see, the, read the book of Acts, you know, they're living out of these promises and they're, you know, but their lives are, sometimes it looks a little different than they probably thought it was going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and just reminding each other of that, you know, but that they still hold on, held on to those promises mm-hmm. yeah. even though things were going crazy. Yeah. They yeah. were still holding on you know, to The connection promises. for me, and I, you know, money... Money is a tough topic, and especially in the church. But this past Sunday, as Pastor Philip was preaching this about rejoicing, I guarantee you there was more than three or four people in there who, who just barely made it to the end of the month in their checking account. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, in any church, it's mm-hmm. like that. But that still can be the abundant life. Yeah. It's, it's not a matter of how much money is in your checking account, yeah. even though that might cause pain. Mm-hmm. The abundant mm-hmm. life is something else, mm-hmm. something other than obviously money or finances. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's, it, I'm just so blessed that the way he said it Sunday, especially to those people who who might be in pain or, or sensing a, a lack or a brokenness, mm-hmm. um, that we, we rejoice 
not in our circumstances, but in the Lord over our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've, never, I've never heard it said That's like so that. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we know the person and we know the promises, then our third point on Sunday is we can know the potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can know the potential. Yes. And, and I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, how do you, because, uh, you know, someone who's, who's lived a, a decent amount of life, and maybe you've lived and you were told growing up that you were a failure, that you were never going to amount to anything, mm-hmm. uh, especially whenever those things are still even being verbalized you know, to us from maybe mm-hmm. family members, friends, coworkers, yada, yada, that, that we can know the person and know the promises, but translating that and getting that into our potential mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, can be, sometimes can be hard. Right. Uh, how how do we how do we break through that barrier and really believe the potential that God has for us? Mm. Good question. I think of the word hope, um, yes. because there's a hopelessness that sets in uh, when when a, a to use your example when a son or a daughter hears from dad or mom. I just don't think you have what it takes, or mm. even if they don't use those words, you right. know we all know that can come across. Mm-hmm. That creates a a seed of hopelessness and the seed at the age of seven might just be a tiny little wisp of, but boy, it can grow yes. and it can, mm-hmm. and it can really cause uh, failure mm-hmm. uh, and, and worse for that mm-hmm. child. But then through the promises and knowing Jesus, you know, as a person and a savior and Lord, um, at some point, I think some little ember starts to burn in that when that person knows Jesus and hears good sermons and reads the Bible, mm-hmm, as Clarissa mm-hmm. was saying, I mm-hmm. think that little ember in there that God put in there starts to flame up. Mm-hmm. And hope, mm-hmm. hope takes control. And they start to, to think, I think I might could do that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. I could serve at the church. And mm-hmm. that seems like a little thing to us, but it's not yeah. a small thing to someone like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it starts to connect with our potential and hope is the word that comes to me that they they start to think i think i i think i can do that i mean i I was in a conversation with a a guy in our church who went through a very very painful divorce a divorce he didn't want and he has a little daughter and he's very close to that little girl and but we talked about hope and he Mm. talked about being hopeless Mm. for more than a year or two and and had drifted away from the church uh, even the one he had grown up in but that hope when that hope started back he he remembers Mm. that period of his life when that hope started back mm-hmm. so he started to again experience his potential in the Lord mm-hmm. um, Clarissa I have the same answer for everything Okay. <laughs> no I was just like thinking about it you know again trying to put think about it how God has done it in my life it just goes back again to like knowing who God is knowing his promises and for me it wasn't that um, anyone had you know, belittled me so mm-hmm. much as life had beat me up. Mm-hmm. You know, I had done yeah. so many things, and I, and so coming into to faith, and then beginning to hear like like what Pastor Scott saying the promises of God, understanding who God is and who Jesus is, and all that He's done, and the Holy Spirit, and oh my God, that's what kind of started that thing in me to go wait, it can be different. Mm-hmm. You know, and then gave me the 
that measure of faith I had, which was wasn't much at the time, I just started making taking little baby steps, mm-hmm. and I think that's yeah. what people sometimes don't do. So mm-hmm. we stay at these, you know, I, oh, I know Jesus and I know His promises, but they don't ever walk their faith out, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what we're trying to help people do. That's our job, right? Mm-hmm. To help them to kind of give them that little holy nudge to, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do it. Um, and until we begin to walk our faith out, I think we stay frustrated and we stay a little mm-hmm. bit like, why isn't it happening for me and everybody else? You know, it's because we haven't we haven't taken the promises mm-hmm. and like put some feet to them. Yeah. You know, or maybe sometimes you think we we look at people who've been following Jesus for 10, 20, 30, right. 40 years, mm-hmm. and they're so much further. And we we look at the change that has happened in our life, right. and there has changed that has happened. It's just so minuscule compared to theirs. And we take the change that's happened in our life compared to theirs, and we say, oh, I I'm not the I don't think I can reach the potential mm-hmm. because look at where, look right. at the change that's happened in their life and look at the change that's happened in my life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but really that person did the same thing. They just did those baby steps right. yeah. day after day, mm-hmm. week in, week out, yes. year after year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. The Bible, the biblical image of the scales coming off our eyes is extremely exciting and, and kind of charismatic sounding, but my experience through the years is that those scales come off slowly. Mm-hmm. They come off in bits and you know spurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we have younger, newer Christians, we have to be the ones, like Clarissa was saying, to stand in the gap for them mm-hmm. and to help them along the way so that the least the least size victory uh, they yeah. understand yeah. is is a huge victory right. because it's in the right it's in a diff, it's in a new and different direction a mm-hmm. better direction yeah mm-hmm. and so the scales are starting to come off and then there'll be moments where they will realize oh my goodness my whole view of of life mm-hmm. and, and Christ has changed mm-hmm. you know? yeah and, and it's filled with potential and hope yeah. Um, that's, that's mm, so good. That's good. Well, I'm I'm really pumped about this week. You're actually preaching this week, uh, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be so good. Uh, hey, if if you haven't been with us on this journey, you got to get in the building here Sunday. Uh, join us on this journey, Morning Joy, as we talk about awakening joy in our hearts every morning, living with joy. Uh, we actually have a soap journal, uh, a devotional that we wrote for you, and you can follow along with us uh, on this devotional. Uh, we're going to include the download link for the digital version of that in the show notes below. Um, So if you want to click on that link, you can download it and follow along with us. We hope to see you in the building this Sunday at 9.30 or 11.15.